Welcome to Circle 3 Cowboy Fellowship's podcast. We are patriots unafraid and unashamed to speak the truth and spread the gospel. Today's message is from Jim Cole. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the show. How is everybody? Hot enough? Ready for some cool wind? Some snow? No snow? Oh, come on now. We need snow. Just not in September. So I took a little time this morning. Most of you know me. Uh, I took a little time this morning more for the the uh, Facebook crowd. Um, my name is Jim Cole, more commonly referred to as the drummer. So, um, th- thanks. Uh Anyway, uh, my, my wife Linda and I, we've been coming here for um, about four years. Um, got reverb? It's this one here. Yeah. Is that better, 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 better? Thanks, Jim, Jim, Jim. So anyway, um, uh, we've, been, we've been coming here for about four years, and uh, our very first service here was the very first morning uh, Easter service that they held here. After the building was brand new, and uh, like a lot of you, uh, the moment we walked in the building and heard Pastor Gary speak and felt the love of the about 15, 20 people, of course that Easter was a lot here, but um, we'd found our home. We knew that we were going to be here to stay. Uh, I have since been baptized here, um, June of seventeen. I'm also one of your segundos. I sit on the board with, uh, with uh, Donnie Squirrel and Johnny Bingham and Gary and Cindy and uh, Linda. Is Linda, did Linda go away? Do I need to, uh, we got somebody going to do the kids lesson? Okay. So I guess the kids get to stay. Okay, Perfect. So anyway, that's a little bit about myself. We run a truck repair shop up here just up off of uh, LaSalle, and uh, we've been doing that for about five years, and uh, uh, it's been real good for us, and this church has been a godsend for us. Um, I'm going to start off by saying I'm a baby Christian. I don't pretend to know uh, anything about anything I should know, but I'm learning. And this guy right here has been helping me a lot. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby is uh, Jan's son, and he and I stayed up till about 12.30 the other night, sitting in my shop and going through scriptures and talking about end times and things like that. And it was, uh, it was enlightening, to say the least. This is a very well-read and educated man, and he is, uh, he's going to help me a lot, I think, if he sticks around here, if he doesn't move to Telluride. But anyway, that's, that's a little bit of my history. So, uh, how many of you have tools? Oh, a lot more than the morning crowd. Keep them up. Oh, no, this is crowd participation here. How many of you got a lot of tools? How many of you know how to use every tool you own? Yeah, sort of. I myself only have, I've got a few tools. Well, no, I guess that's not right. I'm surprised you didn't call me out on that right away, Jeremy. Probably Jeremy and I have the most tools of anybody in here, and we use them daily. That's how we make our living. 
That's what we do. Gary does the same thing. Cowboys do the same thing. Tools, horses, whatever it is, it's a tool. I've got so many tools, I have tools to fix tools. You got any of those, Jeremy? Got to have tools to fix tools. Special tools to fix tools. Tools usually mean what? Work. Yuck. Thanks, Adam and Eve. Appreciate that. But tools make our lives easier for they aid us in what we're doing. Noah obviously had tools to build the ark. He had all hand tools. And there are thousands of examples of mankind using tools throughout the Bible and history. Webster defines tools as follows. A handheld device that aids in accomplishing a task, something such as an instrument or apparatus used in performing an operation or necessary in the practice of a vocation or profession. Or as a noun, something that helps to gain an end. That's the one I want you guys to remember. We're going to start in 1 Kings 7, verse 9. From foundation to eaves, all buildings were built from the huge blocks of high-quality stone, cut with saws and trimmed to exact measure on all sides. Prior to this, they're talking about, in that, in that verse, they're talking about how they were building the first temples, and that part mentioned the saws. Of course, tools have become a lot more sophisticated from the early days. There will always be basics, hammers, hand saws. Does that sound like fun? A hand saw? Hmm. Not much. Or in my industry, hand ratchets, hacksaws. The more modern version, either are air nail guns, skill saws, table saws, radial arm saws, you name it. On my side of the street, in Jeremy's, we use air or electric ratchets now. And air and electric hacksaws. Saves us a lot of time. As Gary has said many times, our number one goal at Circle 3 is to introduce people to Jesus Christ. Plant the seed. You, know how, you all know how we do that. We use our gymkhanas, our ropings, our barrel racings, Easter, movie nights, whatever it takes to get people on this property. Throw that seed in the ground. Let it start growing in there. God's going to make it grow. All we can do is put it there for him. We strive to make everybody that walks through those doors feel like family. What it feels like to be part of the church. This building is not the church. You all are the church. We are the church. The family of God. Do we use tools to do that? Yes, we do. We will continue to come up with ways to bring folks on this property and introduce them to Jesus. We'll never stop doing that. That is our number one goal. God is using us as a tool. A prime example of this can be found in Isaiah 10, 12 through 15. After the Lord has used the king of Assyria to accomplish his purpose on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, he will turn against the king of Assyria and punish him, for he is proud and arrogant. He boasts, by my own powerful arm, 
I have done this. With my own shrewd wisdom, I planned it. I have broken down the defenses of nations and carried off their treasures. I have knocked down their kings like a bull. I have robbed their nests of riches and gathered up kingdoms as farmers gather eggs. No one can even flap a wing against me or utter a peep of protest. But can the axe boast greater power than the person who uses it? Is the saw greater than the person who saws? Can a rod strike unless a hand moves it? Can a wood cane walk by itself? God, of course, is using the king of Assyria as a tool in that passage to, to strike down Jer- Jerusalem. And, and, but the real lesson in this passage is found in the 15th verse, and I'm going to read it one more time because it's important. Can the axe boast greater power than the person who uses it? Is the saw greater than the person who's sawing? Can a rod strike unless a hand moves it? Can a cane, a wooden cane walk by itself? They can't do any of that. Don't be proud or boastful. Do not be so self-confident that you forget we are here to serve God. We as Christians, that's our number one mission. And as God's tools, we are not to be proud or boastful. Or in other words, do not try and be more powerful than God. When we use tools, we want to be the one in control of the tool, not the tool in control of us. This scripture says the same thing. Has anyone ever used the wrong tool for the job? Come on. This is always a hit and miss, right? Like all cowboys have done, use a rock for a hammer. A piece of sagebrush to fill a hole in a fence. My wife's famous for it. In fact, I learned it from her. Or her favorite is using a butter knife as a screwdriver. Or the handle for a hammer. Of course. We got all kinds of butter knives in our drawer that have got little dings in the handles. (laughs) There's a reason for that. (laughs) We, we as cowboys or country folks, uh, we use what we have at hand to get the job done at times. It's not always the right tool, but we do. We are resourceful. God calls us to be the same way when it comes to the stewardship of his kingdom. We have to be resourceful. We have to find tools to introduce people to Jesus, figure out new ways to get the word to them. A wrong tool used for the job might get the job done at the time, but when it comes to salvation, the only tool is Jesus. That's all there is. The only hope anyone has to be saved is to profess Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. So, how does that look to the non-believer? The unsaved. Pretty scary, I'd imagine. Our job as Christians is to reassure the unsaved using our tools. The fact that Jesus is our only salvation is number one. Prayer is our connection to God. 
And corporate prayer is even better. If you need help with any of this, or if you need tools to do that, we're here. That's what we're here for. Reach out on Facebook. Reach out on our new phone number, an email. If somebody's suffering and needs help, reach out to somebody. If we can't get an answer for you, we will find an answer for you. As Christians, that's what we have to do for each other, as well as the unsaved. We have to get them introduced to Jesus so that he can work his magic on them and save them. I found an article, uh, it, was, it was by Doug Holliday. It's called Sharing the Gospel, Simple Presentation Tools. <clears throat> He's, he, he, he breaks down four things in there, and he, he calls them laws. And in a minute we'll get into something that Billy Graham did that's the exact same thing, but he calls them steps. Law one, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, every one of us. Law two, man is sinful and separated from God. As a result, we cannot know God's wonderful plan for us. Law three, Jesus Christ is God. Jesus Christ is God's only provision for our sin. Through Jesus Christ, we, ha- we can have our sins forgiven and be restored to the right relationship with God. Law four, we must place our faith in Jesus Christ as Savior in order to receive the gift of salvation and know God's wonderful plan for our life. Billy Graham's is very similar. Uh, Like I said, he uses the word steps, and he words it a little different. And this was found in that same article online. Step one, God loves you and wants you to experience peace and life abundant and eternal. Step two, we choose to disobey God and go our own willful way. The result is separation from God. Step three, Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave. He paid the penalty for our sin and bridged the gap between God and people. Step four, we must trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and receive him by personal invitation. When we've got people on this property and we're introducing Jesus to them and sharing the gospel with them, we're planting seeds for them. Gary says it all the time. They may not need it right then, but something's going to happen in their life and they'll need it. And we will be here, ready. There's another, there was another thing on that, on that, same, uh, on that same article, um, and it uses the word gospel. And it breaks down the word gospel by the letters. G-O-S-P-E-L. G, God created us to be with him. Oh, our sins separate us from God. S, sins cannot be removed by good deeds. T, paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. E, everyone 
who trusts in him alone has eternal life. L, life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever once you are saved. Doug goes on to share some useful things that, that we can start using and, and, and use to introduce people to Jesus. The very first thing he says, and I love this, and Linda Black told me this morning after, we, after she heard this, this is her philosophy too, and it's always been mine. Keep it simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. The Word of God can be as simple as you want it. What each of these evangelism tools help to do is keep the message of the gospel simple. If the message is simple, it will be clear. If the message is simple, it will be understandable. If the message is simple, it will be reproducible. The cowboy church model is all about reproduction, multiplying. We're based on a team, team-based. That's, that's what we do is teams. Like Gary says, many hands make light work. That's the cowboy church model. And also, one of the biggest things that we're after is multiplication, reproducing. I believe this is why Paul wrote, this is this, is this Doug. Uh, I believe this is why Paul wrote to the church in Galatia. Pray that I may proclaim it, the gospel, clearly as I should. You want the gospel message to be simple enough that when you share it with someone, you'll notice, you'll notice that in pretty much every one of the above gospel presentation tools, you will find these four basic elements. God loves man. Man's sin. Christ's death. Our response. If the presentation you use is missing any of these elements or adds much more than these, you might want to reevaluate how you're doing it. Number two, bring it up. Often we don't share the gospel with someone because we think they are not ready to hear it. He likens it to a stoplight here, with red being closed to the gospel, yellow being interested in spiritual things, and green being ready to put their faith in Christ. Most of us think our friends and neighbors are at the red light. I know I do. I don't share it often enough. I'm going to get better at it. A better presentation would be for us to assume our friends are at the green light. Initiate a spiritual conversation and see how they respond. And then evaluate their spiritual readiness. In other words, don't write them off before we've even given them a chance. Their readiness might just surprise us. Number three, this is Donnie's favorite as a pilot. Land the plane. You've got to finish the job. And that's landing the plane. One of the hardest things for us to do when we've shared the gospel with someone is to close the deal, to land the plane. You share the gospel and then you're stammering around and you don't know where to go with it. Either we're afraid to be viewed as being too pushy or afraid of being rejected. 
Let me tell you something about that. This world is getting scary, and it's getting scarier every day. Do not be afraid as a Christian to stand up for Christ. And if someone thinks you're being too pushy, that's on them. They can walk away to their demise. Rejection doesn't matter to us. We know where we're going. If someone wants to reject us or reject the Word of God, once again, they're only hurting themselves. When we share the gospel, it should always come with an invitation for the person to respond. People are a lot more receptive to things when you give them an opportunity to say, hey, I like that, or, you know. You should always ask questions. So what do you think? Does this make sense? Would you like to put your trust in Christ alone for forgiveness and eternal life? Put the ball in their court. Number four, pray, pray, pray. Pray for your lost friends. Jesus prayed, seeing that the harvest is great, but the workers are few. That's in Matthew 9, 37. Pray for opportunities to share the gospel message. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message. Galatians 4, 3 again. Pray for boldness and clarity when you share the gospel. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, whenever I may speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Ephesians 6.19 What gospel presentation tools do any of you use? Maybe you feel like you've known Christ long enough or been in ministry long enough that you don't need a tool. You can just go freestyle. If so, ask yourself, is the way I share the gospel message reproducible? Can I train others to share the same way I do? And is it simple? Explore. See what great evangelism tools are out there. New ones are being developed all the time. We've outlined a few of them. Sun Life has several more in Evangelism Toolbox. That's that website I was talking about. Check out a few of the new tools, especially the ones that are using technology, whether they be in the form of videos or shared through social media. Pretty much everybody has a smartphone, a tablet anymore. One of the great things about a smartphone or a tablet or any of that, it's digital. And they're easily shared and they're easily reproduced. Some other tools at our disposal, of course, is our guidebook. This is it, right here. Basic instruction before leaving Earth. Your Bible. Get in it. Study it. All it will do is make your tools better for when you go out and evangelize. Pastor Steve says this all the time. Iron sharpens iron. 
The most simple form of that is we draw strength from one another through what we're doing right now, fellowship, sharing the gospel. Use that. The belief in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That is our motto here. That's why it's circle three. Triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One and the same. Omnipresent. We all possess tools to help God in his kingdom. Tools and gifts are one and the same. I relate to tools better. You, Jeremy? (laughs) I just relate to them better. God gave us a tool. Jesus. Jesus, in return, gave us another tool. His death and resurrection. And finally, leaving us with the Holy Spirit. Stacy read the Great Commission call. We are commanded to do that. Make disciples. Use our tools. We as believers all possess the ultimate tool. That tool that will give eternal life. Romans 5, 1 through 8. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given unto us. You see, at, the right, at, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. We were still sinners. Christ died for us. So here's the deal. We are all tools of God. Use this to plant seeds. And souls will be saved. Plant enough seeds, introduce enough people to Jesus... And then Jesus will do what Jesus does best, and that is salvation for the Father. So I ask you again, how many people got tools? Everybody's got them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, our salvation is guaranteed to spend eternity with you. We appreciate everything you do for us. We appreciate everything you do for this church. We hope that our words glorify you and that we may make more disciples. Multiplication. We ask that you be with us now as we go to our fellowship time.
Rest, bless the food to the nourishments of our bodies. In Jesus' name. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you'd like to, but you're not really sure how, please feel free to email us at circle3podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's circle, the number three, podcast at gmail.com. We would love to help you out. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and click follow. That way you never miss a message. Cowboy churches are the fastest growing in the nation, so there's sure to be one near you if you'd like to try it out. Have a great day. See you next time.